Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 36 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel, full house today, joined by Peter Jones from the UK and Todd from Virginia. How are you both tonight or this morning? I'm good. <laughs> yep, good here. Well, this is going to be a great show. Yeah. It is the Leroy Butler episode of the Average Cheese Podcast. So thanks to Rhonda at RM Management and Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. We appreciate both of you. We are, I don't know how you're going to do this for a job, Jar Todd, but I have decided that if I don't cuss during an episode that I will put $5 into the jar. Oh. So I'm trying to work both sides of the fence. So if yeah. I do one, if I cuss once, then I got to cuss a lot. Because it's, I've already and opened the floodgates. Right. Yeah. Usually when Peter's around, he brings, you know, a level of sophistication and maturity to the show. That yeah, Yes, he does. And somehow it's like, yeah. Yeah. Our, our charity doesn't benefit from that, but we've got to step it up. <laughs> but now it will. Yeah. Yeah. You can reach us at AVG Cheese on Twitter. You can also email us avgcheese at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook as well. So those are our places on social media. And we are also now on a couple new platforms. We are also now on Breaker, which is a, like a Stitcher type place. We're there. So cool. <laughs> we're moving on up in the world. All right. I also I, I also enabled on uh, yeah on Anchor. I enabled like uh, find, like people can send us money. Oh, nice. Yeah. If, they so want if you have if you have money, go ahead and send, <laughs> send it to us. <laughs> go ahead and send. You can now send it to us. So. We'll donate it to Habitat for Humanity. We will not put it in our own pockets. We won't do those things. And yeah. and the and the other thing, I don't know if you know, but you're on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we have a, we, Peter, we do know. <laughs> Peter puts stuff on Facebook for us. He knows oh, how good. to find the average cheese page. <laughs> Dale struggles. I have it on my phone. You could be the admin now. Yeah, we're going to make... You just, gonna got, you just got yourself a new title. Yeah, he's the hog father of the mafia. He's also the IT guy because his handle is like... what it, it's, I don't know exactly what it is, Peter, but it has IT in it. So we yeah. have very high expectations for you. <laughs> don't let us down. Yeah, you can't. All right, so we're yeah, there's no way you can. So. No, you always drag the bar up. I pull it down as far as I can. Yeah. Um, thanks to Eric and Eric for letting me be on the Acme Army podcast last night. I had a good time talking to those guys. If you don't haven't listened to them, you should listen to us first, and then go listen to them because they are great dudes. Peter's been on that show a bunch of times, also. What about your brackets? You have this in the notes, Todd. Your brackets, yeah. the Final Four. For basketball? Yeah. 
<laughs> who do you got? Who do you got winning it? Did you fill out a bracket? I mean, Good it's not God. really. Come no. on, it's you didn't. No, I will take um, Gonzaga. Are they in? They are in. They are in the tournament. Then that's my team. All right. I am more concerned with March Madness because the NCAA wrestling tournament started today, so, which I would oh. be at right now if it weren't for COVID. Yeah. I always take a pilgrimage to St. Louis or wherever it is and drink a lot of soda and watch wrestling. So right. That's not happening. Yeah. Marquette didn't make it. Wisconsin's in. Wisconsin plays North Carolina. I saw in the first round. I have them There's... getting beat. I got them. And well, you beat. should because yeah. they will. They suck this year. Yeah. I got Michigan winning it all. Really? Anyway. Yeah. Wisconsin almost beat Michigan. Just saying you heard it here first. Michigan. So when you get that perfect bracket in, what is it? ESPN? I won it one year. I, I did pick Syracuse all the way one year. That was the year I won it. But. I could just pick by the colors of the teams or whatever. I'd probably do better. Let's talk football because I yeah. suck at that all that other stuff. So let's talk about Aaron Jones. We had talked about last time that Aaron Jones might be a franchise tender guy. Uh, the Packers did not offer him the franchise tag, and he signed – for better money than he would have gotten if you would have signed a franchise. So, Peter, could you talk to that a little bit, the Aaron Jones contract? Yeah, four years, $48 million. Uh, it's $20 million in the first two years. And um, they've structured that deal. Yeah, it looks on paper like a, like a good deal for, well, almost a better deal for the Packers than it looks like for Aaron Jones financially. But I guess Jones really wanted to stay with the team, Four point. I forget the exact number, four point something million cap number in the first year. That's one of those deals where they're going to have to revisit it after two years because that cap number goes to 19 million in, in the third year. I think it's a good deal for, for both sides, but I think on paper, certainly the Packers seem to have come out the better end of that. Todd, thoughts on Aaron Jones? Either way, I don't care how how it, how it's cut. Like he's on the team. I'm, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm happy. I couldn't be happier. He's obviously my favorite player. I just think that Players like him, I don't know if I've said this before, but it, players like Jones just don't come around all the time. It's not just like what he brings on the field as a player, but just the type of person he is. He likes the likes being a Packer, and he, and he just has produced every single year and gotten better. And I really appreciate probably the biggest thing I was thinking about this earlier today is just how brilliant – LaFleur is at managing his career. I mean, Jones is really lucky. You look at these, some of these guys that sign these big contracts, you know, like McCaffrey and Elliot Gurley, Todd Gurley, all those guys signed massive contracts and they just ran those coaches ran those guys into the ground. And now look at all of them. They're all banged up. McCaffrey did barely even played a game this year. And the other two guys are pretty much completely broken down. So I really appreciate, like when you look at, how Lafleur is doing this with, with Jones, how he's managing his carries and his touches and, and all of that. And he's still getting over a thousand yards a, yeah. a season on the ground. He's getting over 500 in receiving and probably 10 plus touchdowns a year. I mean, what more can you ask for? So, I, I mean, I think it's just a super relationship that's going on there. So I couldn't be happier. Plus I don't have to buy my son 
a new uniform for the next several years until he grows out of it. I was just going to say, unless he grows out of his Aaron Jones jersey, right? you can keep that joker for a while. You can give it to your daughter then. You can just pass yeah. it down. She can he loves Aaron Jones, too. He would have been devastated. He would have been a Miami fan or wherever Aaron Jones would have went. Uh, he mm-hmm. he loves Jones. That's his guy, man. That's who cares, guy. right? Because yeah, he's a Packer, cares? and that's all that matters. Yeah. It is, in my opinion a very Packer sided deal. Uh, I don't think though, even though his cap number is whatever it is, the 19 million Peter that you said in the third year, depending on where the cap goes, that 19 million isn't a disgusting number. If it was this year, you couldn't do that. Right. But I've heard it's a two year deal. I don't really believe it is. They might have to push money around after that year, depending on Aaron Jones health. I don't think his production is going to fall off. So the only thing that would cause his production to fall off is to, you know, get hurt. And I think Todd, what you said is exactly right. And Peter, you said it during the year too. You can't run this guy 30 times. He's not the bell cow. He's not the guy that needs that amount of carries. You limit his carries and his touches to 15 to 20 a game. He stays healthy. He's fresh when you need him to be. And he, is that guy that is going to take it 80 yards on carry number 18 or whatever. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. You've got a four-year player that's probably got two years' worth of physical beating, if you like. You know, he's not been a guy that's had 300, 400 carries each of those four years. So I think what Todd said there is really a really important point. And and you're right about that third year. You know, there's a $7 million roster bonus in that third year, which if they get to that point... They'll do the same as what they've done multiple times this year. They'll convert that to a signing bonus, take 3.75 million off the cap that year. And like you say, the value of 19 million against the cap in two years' time is not the same value as 19 million against the cap this year. So absolutely spot on. And I think it's you know, it's an important point about Jones as a player. When I mean, you look back at the Packers, and the Packers haven't had a dynamic back. You've had some good backs. You know, Eddie Lacy mm-hmm. was a good back for a couple of years, and Ryan Grant was a good back. But they haven't had a dynamic back probably since Armon Green. So right. the best yeah. part of 20, 20 years, 15 yeah. to 20 years, who, you know, is going to be a perennial 1,000-yard rusher, is going to catch 40 or 50 balls out of the backfield. And like you say, you know, he can rush for three yards, rush for two yards, rush for three yards, then he'll break off an 80-yarder. And the Packers haven't had that guy for 15, 20 years. So, yeah, since Amon Green. Yeah. Uh, and when those guys come along, you know, if you can keep them, you have to keep them. It's easy to say, well, running backs are two a penny and this kind of thing, but they are when they're average running backs. But when you get that kind of guy, there aren't so many of those around. Yeah, 100%. You know, on that, the flip side of that, signing Aaron Jones almost immediately – Jamal Williams came out on social media and said that he was gone, right? That he was leaving the Packers. And of course he was as much as I would love to have seen all three of those guys come back. And really with the number that Jamal Williams signed for, you almost thought "Mm," like it's a, could have been a possibility really. I mean, two years, $7.5 million is not a huge contract, but you can't have three guys in the back too. No thoughts on Jamal Williams it still kind of stings, you know, just seeing that guy go, it definitely stung a little bit. I, but when, when I saw Jones sign, I knew right away, I was like, that seals it for, for Williams. But yeah, it stings because just, just the amount of energy and, and everything that he's done, he's such a diverse back. 
you know, he's going to be a perfect complement to uh, DeAndre Swift over there in Detroit. That's going to be a nice backfield uh, for sure. So, yeah, I hate to see a guy like that go. But, I mean, it's a business at the end of the day, and there just wasn't room for him. Yeah, I absolutely feel the same way. You know, he's, he's for, the, for the four years he's been there, he's a packer through and through. Great character guy, great personality. It's a shame to see him move on, but as both of you guys said, as soon as Jones was coming back, then then he was bound to move on. And I think that's obviously right for him, but I think it's also right for the team as well. When you've taken AJ Dillon in the second round last year, at some point he has to become your number two back. You know, he has to pick up those carries that Williams had last year, and hopefully he'll be the perfect complement to to Aaron Jones going going forwards. But yeah, real shame to see Williams move on. And I agree with you, Todd, that him being that nice compliment to DeAndre Swift is exactly what he had in Green Bay. He knows that role. He's clearly going to be okay with that role. I just wonder about the team he's going to, you know what I mean? Like he's going from a team that wins to a team that hasn't won. And I know there's a new head coach there and there's a lot of new things in place and hopefully a new mindset, but they're not good right now. And it makes me wonder if Jamal Williams' contract opportunities weren't as great as I thought they would be. And that's not much money from a not very good team. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's a shame that he's going to get two years with a rebuilding Detroit team when he had, you know, been to two NFC championship games in a row. We'll miss that dude. Yeah, for sure. Good, good dude, good player. Another Williams, Jamal Williams retired on his 38th birthday i think that was kind of cool that he did that yeah that was cool 38 retires on his 38 yeah yeah they waited for that day to come around that's pretty cool i didn't realize he was undrafted free agent i never realized that louisiana tech yeah that's crazy i didn't realize that at all but man great career great dude so i don't know if you saw it on twitter but he was extremely eloquent in his thank yous and his goodbyes. He had those, like, you know, they do that thread, like this is one of eight, two of eight, three (laughs) of eight. Like he had very long thank yous to the teams that he played for. Oh yeah. And that's pretty cool. I really think that's awesome. And it makes me think a guy that speaks that eloquently and writes that eloquently. I said this one before the season, he should be coaching somewhere. Yeah. You would think, right? I do think. Gosh. I mean, especially being an undrafted guy, you get drafted on your physical skills, right? At least somewhere. So the question on Tremont Williams had to be with his physical skills, and he turned out to be a great player for a very long time, which means he was good at the position, smart player, all those kind of things, because his physical attributes would have gotten him drafted. Peter, thoughts on Jamal Williams at all? Absolutely. I mean, a, a great career. The play that always stands out is that interception return for a touchdown against Atlanta in the, the last play of the first half in that playoff game. But yeah, you know, wonderful, wonderful career. We'll go into the Packers Hall of Fame without question in five years' time. And yeah, you're right about the, the potential coaching thing. And it's it's an interesting one. And it happens a lot. I don't know about other sports in the States, but certainly in soccer over here, that the really good players, the really top players, tend not to become top coaches. And I think it may be because, as you said, you know, the game almost becomes too easy for some of those really, you know, really top guys. Whereas some of those guys like the undrafted free agents, they have to work at it. 
you know, and Williams is definitely one of those guys, very smart, very savvy guy, obviously a hard worker. It's sad when those careers come to an end because we look back and I think even personally, we wonder where all the years have gone, you know, because you can remember yeah. the guys coming into the league. But yeah, absolutely a wonderful Packer, kind of embodied everything about the Packers. And um, yeah, good luck to him, whatever, whatever he chooses to do next. And it would be nice to see him go into coaching. I would have loved to seen him appear in the Super Bowl if we would have got there. That would have been icing on the cake for yeah. that career, man. 100%. Just one more time to step on the field. Ah, he has nothing to hang his hang his head on. I mean, so I'm sure he's enjoying retirement as we speak. Yeah, for a whole week, and then he can become Jerry Gray's assistant. So back to work, <laughs> fool. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> Other things that happened, Bob Tanyan is still a Packer with his second-round tender. Ford Todd talks about his love for Bob Tunyon. Peter, can you explain the contract and, like, how that will work now? I thought you were going to ask me to pronounce it correctly. No, you do whatever you want. <laughs> Call him whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, very simply. So, so there's been offered the, the second-round restricted free agent tender. So that's three point, round 3.3 million, which means that they're not, now they're at the point where if another team were to come in for him, and they can, they can, they can offer another team can offer him a, a deal higher than that three point three million, and the Packers have then got a choice to match that deal within within seven days. And if they don't match it, the Packers would get a second round pick as compensation. My suspicion is that no team will come in and offer that because I don't think a team's going to give up a second round pick for him. If it were a fourth rounder or a third round, I think people value those teams value those those draft picks so highly. I don't expect that to happen. So I expect him to be a Packer this year. The question will be, you know, he'll sign that 10 drive, no doubt, but then the Packers can renegotiate with him if they want to. So he gets a one year $3.3 million deal. But if they wanted to make that deal longer into a three or four year deal, they could do that. Or they could let him play out this year as a restricted free agent, but then he would become an unrestricted free agent after this season. So my suspicion is they get him on board for that 3.3 and then they talk to him during the summer, talk to his agent during the summer and try and get, say, a three-year deal done. It's just it's just going to be about numbers then. But I'm really pleased for that to happen. You know, in this day and age, a 3.3 cap hit's not, not very much for a tight end that had that breakout season that he had. So, yeah, I think it's really good. Glad he's a Packer. I'm glad they, they figured out a way to, to keep him around. I think that's another player. You just you do whatever you have to do to keep him on the roster. So after the year he had. So person is uh, Sullivan. All right. Shannon Sullivan also signed. Yeah. He, yeah. Now that was a restricted free agent tender, too. So that was a restrictive. So that was an original round tender. Now, in, in Sullivan's case, he was uh, he was an undrafted free agent anyway. So in essence, all that that deals two point one million. In essence, what they've done is they've got themselves the right of first refusal on on Sullivan. So if another team was to come in for him and say offer him three million or a number above that two point one, then again the Packers would have seven days to match that deal. I think if another team came in and the deal was reasonable, I think the Packers would match. But if another team came in at three and a half or four or four and a half a year, then they're probably going to let him go. Yeah, I, I read one article that said that uh, that they could actually move him out move him outside, like to corner. And I was like, I don't like that at all. There's a couple of things about both these guys. I did not realize that the second round pick was given up by the team that, like for Tanyan, 
Yeah, I didn't. I thought it was a com compensation pick, and it was just added onto the second round. But yeah, that does change things. If Team X has to give up their second round pick for Tanyan, who I is worth it, but it's also it's a real gamble as a GM of whatever team. So I did not know that. I that makes me think that he is also going to be a Packer, and I think probably after June one, they'll maybe they'll try to you know when they see what's happening with other guys being cut. Maybe they'll try to sign Tanya into a longer contract because you really don't want them to score 12 touchdowns, catch 60 balls, and then have to try to sign him in free agency. You yeah. want to do that before he goes off so that you don't have to pay quite as much for him. And yeah. Shannon Sullivan, I think he's overpaid. I wonder if they would have let him sit out there. I, clearly, they like Shannon Sullivan more than I do. Because I don't know that he would have gotten that amount of money. The corner yeah, market is kind of soft. I think their issue is that other than Jair Alexander, I think they're really struggling at the corner, you know, with Kevin King. And, you know, he's a free agent. Will he, won't he come back? Josh Jackson has never become the player that we'd all hope would be. They're running the risk of losing all of those guys and just sitting there with Jair Alexander and having to find about four guys. So rather than having the whole of the, the cornerback group decimated, I guess that gives them a little bit of comfort that they're at least stability. Yeah. They know. Yeah. Tim Boyle, negative 16, signed with the Detroit Lions as well. Him and Williams went over. They will fly over as a package deal. I was a little surprised. Again, there are certain guys making stupid money in free agency. Corey Davis going to New York on that huge contract is a huge number. Is it Samuel that signed with the Redskins? 12 million plus. I compare Tim Boyle to like the lower level starting guys in this league. I think he has the ability to be a starter in the NFL. He's making what? $2.75 million. Is that the right number? <laughs> That Taylor Heineke, that one, the guy that played for the Washington footballs in the playoffs, he got a $4.25 million contract, and that was on one game. <laughs> XFL backup to playoff starter got him a million and a half more dollars than Tim Boyle. Again, I would say Tim Boyle should have waited a little bit longer to see what he could get. I read an article too. Like it was a good point you made about him being a starter, kind of like the mid-range starter in the NFL. I feel like the same is is with Goff, and a lot of people are talking that he might challenge him for the starting position. I don't think that'll ever happen with what they're paying Goff, but they said that there. I read some article somewhere that there might be kind of a competition going on there because I don't honestly, I don't think Boyle is lesser of a quarterback than than Goff, but that that should be interesting. But if you're Tim Boyle and they just signed Jared Goff to a buttload right. of money, why right. do you go there? <laughs> I don't know. Peter, thoughts on that? I tend to agree. You can only imagine that, that whatever feelers have been put out to Tim Boyle's agent, that there weren't the deals out there that, that we would have expected. Sometimes when you haven't earned big money, and $2.75 to those guys isn't, isn't big money either, but when you haven't earned that money, I guess you run the risk the longer you sit there of then being no deals because everybody spent all their money. I would have expected him to have got a little bit more than that. If I was him, I would have tried to go somewhere else. But, you know, we just don't know what was out there for him. The bigger question is, where does that leave us? Jordan Love? And who? 
right? I mean, is there are we going to grab someone else? Are we going to have three quarterbacks? Is it just going to be Rodgers and Love? I don't know. Because I know Peter, draft you have said someone? on a, a previous know. show that you, you know, draft someone late, but now you've got Rodgers, Love and a rookie six rounder. You, you have basically given up your season if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Unless they are they think that highly of Jordan Love, that's the other alternative. Like maybe they think he's better. Maybe the work he put in during the season makes him a decent backup option. I mean, I don't know what else they could be thinking. He can go find a veteran guy. Put him on the roster. I don't know. I think they got to carry three on the roster, but my gut feel now is that the, is that they'll draft one. Yeah, in, you know, in round five, something, something like that. I agree. It's a difficult situation because, unless face it, if Rogers was to go down in, I shouldn't even say this, but if he was to go down in week one and be lost for the season, then it probably doesn't matter who your backup is. It's unlikely that. There's anybody sitting there as a backup that's going to come and win 13 games for you or 12 right. games for you. Yeah, I think you're tending to look for a guy that, that's going to get you through two or three games. You know, say Rogers has a concussion or that that, or that type of thing, like like Matt Flynn did on a number of occasions. I think they like Love more than we <laughs> seem to imagine. I think Love is is the number two guy, and they'll take a guy in the draft and and move on from there. Inca's fans, whoever the backup is, if he has to play a lot, then we can't expect him to be playing at the level that, that Rogers plays at. Even even a bad Rogers year, I don't think the backup's going to play at that level. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Dad, course, but, go ahead. Of course, the thing to remember about Tim Boyle, as much as we like him and the guy's got a really live arm, he's never played. You know, he's played in the preseason, but he's never played in a regular season. So, you know, we, we don't actually know how he would have performed had he had to come in for four or five games. Let's hope he comes in for the Lions and see what he can do then. Let's hope he plays well for the Lions, but just not quite well enough. Yeah, he can win like six games for them or whatever when golf goes down or if golf goes down. I want to miss that dude taking a knee at the end of the game. Tyler Lancaster, Todd, is no longer part of the Packers roster. Thank fucking God. (laughs) Put your quarter in, fool. There you go. Eight solo tackles yeah, last year. Is that what he had? A half yeah. a tackle per game? Yep. Wow. Eight total. So eight solo tackles. That's only eight more than the combined average cheese roster had. So it's not all that impressive, right? I mean, can you find a guy out there, $750,000 that can make a tackle a game? I think you can. He's a backup. But he started. So he started a few games. So he was a starter on this line and we've talked about it before the problem is where are you going to get that guy Montrevious Adams just signed in New England today so he's not coming back it's very much Peter like you said with the corners now what do you got you got Dean Lowry Willington Prevalon Kenny Clark Delante Scott maybe I don't know if he's on the roster and Kingsley Kiki oh and Kingsley Kiki right who I think is should be a player at some point, but that's also a thin spot. A very thin it, spot. It really is. I was I was just chuckling because if anybody's going to help us boost the money in the in the jar, it'd be it'd be talking about Tyler Lancaster. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> right. <And> hopefully, hopefully <laughs> fact, fucking Lowry a, too. <laughs> if you just did a show about uh, about those two, you guys would be broke. Yes, we would. <laughs> yes, we would. And so Peter, you don't know us very well, but 
Todd and I always have that guy. It may have been Tyler Lancaster and Dean Lowry last year, but it'll be a new guy next year. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. It'll be somebody. We'll pick our guy that we like to beat up on. MVS was like, like a very close second or third to yeah. Lowry and Lancaster this year. But yeah, Lancaster is gone. You know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if the Packers brought him back at some point if he's still hanging out there because they know what they have with him. It isn't great, but it's a body. And on the defensive line, you need bodies because those guys get beat up and they get banged around and they get injured. So we'll see. And I would imagine with, with that position, like you say, there'll be a whole bunches of guys like Tyler Lancaster who are out there come May, June, July, because lots of teams will be releasing that kind, that kind of guy. So They'll, they'll get they'll get bodies, but you know, it's unfortunate in a way because I you know I think a lot of us thought that they would move on from from Dean Lowry because of the cap hit, and they may yet do that. But again, that would be another body that they had that they had to find. We're not losing a lot with Montrevious Adams. We're not losing much at all there. He was about as unreliable as as can be while he was in Green Bay. He hasn't had much of a career at all. I think they signed up for like two and a half million or two and three quarter million or something like that. My question, Peter, to you is Dean Lowry's number, and I'm asking you this without prepping you for it, but is Dean Lowry's cap number after June 1, like is it a better move to cut him after June 1 than it is today, you know, March 18th or whatever today is? So for this year, it would be, yes. So I think that if if they cut him before the 1st of June, I think they would say, I think it's 3.3 million on the cap this year. If they cut him post 1st of June, they'd say 4.8 million on the cap this year. The problem is it would cut him post 1st of June pushes some cap hit into next year. I think the 1.5 difference between those two numbers goes into next year's cap. And the way that next year's cap's looking, I don't think they want to be pushing any more money into next year's if they can if they can help it. They have pushed a lot of cap into next year already. Like all these yeah. moves were to do that. So that makes sense. So Dean Lowry is relatively safe unless someone comes on the market that they like better and that they can still afford. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I mean, they're so close to the cap right now. I think they're about a million under the cap right now that that if they want to sign somebody else, they've got to move somebody else on or they've got to get an extension for Adams or they've got to do something with Rogers' contract. And the problem with doing something with Rogers' contract is you're probably, again, moving whole bunches of cap money into next year and the year after and that's then that's a problem and i know it's a problem they've got a year to deal with but it's still a problem so june 1st is the next like magic date so between now and june 1st it would still be in this cap year but after yeah, june- yeah. Or, or you can actually cut a guy now and nominate him as a first of june cut okay you don't get a lot by doing that because he doesn't come off the books until the 1st of June, but it does give the player the, the opportunity to go start talking to other teams before then. Yeah, the 1st of June is the next significant date in terms of cap, if you like. For the Packers to play anything in free agency right now, they've got to do something with one of the other guys, an Adams or a, or, or a Rogers restructure or something, because they're, you know, they're very little under the cap as it is. And Peter and I talked about it, and we, we talked about it last night too. King on a small contract is a good idea, I think. And we'll just have to see like that, that market again has been very soft. 
king at a two three million dollar number is very attractive that's a nice number for we a guy we already know we know his limitations so jerry gray knows his limitations he can push those on to to barry and say hey this guy can't do that or this guy can do this so we know what we're getting it's the known that I like about Kevin King. And he can play. He was not good last year, but he was a little bit better in 2019. If he can stay healthy, he's he's okay there. So this whole star defense, any ideas on the star? I, I've started to read up on it, the Joe Barry star defense. Essentially is that there's one guy playing man-to-man and the rest are playing zone. That's what Eric was talking about last night on Acme. So I just, either of you have any idea what I'm talking about? Cause I'm a little lost on that. Well, yeah. And it's something, it certainly appears to be a mix, but I, I'm not sure, you know, if you look at Staley's system and you look at Vic Fangio's system and people saying he's kind of from that tree, well, those two systems are not exactly the same. So it's, it's quite difficult to work. You know, Fangio, for example, is not a guy that likes to send too many guys after the quarterback. He's quite, passive you know he'd rather sit eight eight back there and that's one of the things that we've not liked about petting over time so i don't know i don't know how all of that's going to work out and go ahead. i don't care what they call it as long as petting's not there <laughs> call it star square circle i don't give a shit just as long as petting's not there. what i was thinking is and i don't know any of the ins and outs of this thing but i was thinking if you were disguising the one guy that was in man, it wouldn't always have to be Jair Alexander. It could be Kevin King. It could be Shannon Sullivan. It could be Darnell Savage, like Todd, like you had talked about a couple of weeks ago. Guys with some coverage skills, but everybody else is kind of shading. I don't know. I, I need to know more about this because I like the concept because that the Packers have guys that can cover pretty well king alexander savage i would not mind savage being covered i think he can cover guys so if you can work around that and amos i feel like is that player that can make up for the mistakes of others i think he's a solid player and knows where to be in this defense so i i'm really kind of interested on that whole thing you know i hated richard sherman we talked about this last night too i hated richard sherman when he was on the seahawks but I would love to see that guy in a Packer uniform. I hate him too. So I I, I hate him enough to not see him in the Packer <laughs> Okay. Nice. I do. I don't think that's an upgrade to King, honestly. No? no. I want to say that he had one of the top five PFF grades. He had a at- torn Achilles. I think he's smart. He went to Stanford, for God's sakes. I couldn't take like the 091 algebra at Stanford. So – he must be a pretty smart guy to be able to do that stuff. So, but he'd be our a-hole. That's the thing. Imagine Alexander on one side talking all kinds of junk, not giving up like one reception per game. You got Richard Sherman on the other side also talking junk. The receivers would be like, bah! they'd be throwing punches like that dude from the Bears or whatever. They'd be throwing punches at both of our guys getting kicked out of games. No. No, not for me. Sherman's not for me. Peter, what are you thoughts on Richard Sherman? To me, they've got they've got to get a starting corner from somewhere. All right. And I wouldn't count on getting a guy to come in, in the draft that pick 29 and start straight away at corner. Now, now I would hope to if the guy's there at 29, the right guy, 
then take him. But it's unfair to expect that guy to come in and, and start straight away. You know, Jair Alexander was kind of the, the exception to that rule. So I think they've got to get a guy for a year. I'd take Sherman, but I wouldn't take him at the price. And I think that's going to be the, the issue with Sherman because you've got to believe that he's going to be looking for the same kind of number that Patrick Peterson just got from the Vikings, 10 million a year. I'd rather be paying Kevin King 3 million than, than Richard Sherman 10 million. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Right, especially because it's a short deal. I saw that Kyle Fuller is going to be released by the Bears. They just announced it uh, very, like in the last half hour, hour or so. Thoughts on Kyle Fuller? That's a yes from me. If you can get him at a reason, if you can get him at a reasonable number, you know the Packers wanted him. I guess it's three or four years ago now, when when he was a, a restricted free agent. In fact, they signed him to an offer sheet back then. It's a yes from me if you can get him at a reasonable number. Now the number for starting corner seems to be ten million. That's the that's the Sherman Peterson number. I think that's too much. Again, if you could get Fuller at six million a year. How they find that six million, I'm not quite sure. But if you could get him at that kind of number, then then that's a yes for me. I'd really like to know like where they're coming up with these numbers for some guys. Like it just seems like some guys super low. Boyle, Jamal Williams, other guys, AJ Green signed for ten million dollars <laughs> with Arizona. Are they printing money in Arizona? Did they find like gold under the stadium? How are they possibly paying that man ten million dollars? He caught 49 balls last year, and he didn't play in 2019 at all. I don't well, get it. Well, and it's clear that he's being paid for 2015 A.J. Green, isn't he? He's not that guy. Yeah. He's 2021 A.J. Green who can't play. I mean, not at the $10 million level. I just don't, I don't get it at all. And that's the key thing for free agency, isn't it? It's, a, it's not about how much you spend. It's whether or not you get value for that spend. It's like, it's like buying a car, and you don't, you don't want to – you don't want to pay for a Rolls Royce and get a Chevy. You want to pay for a Chevy and get a Rolls Royce, I guess. Right. And AJ Green is like a Kia. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage. With, with a flat tire. Yeah. Flat tire Kia. <laughs> what a dent. Todd, talk a little bit about the cap. Would you like the, the things that the Packers have done to get under this spot? I know we've talked about it a little bit, but any thoughts on what we've done that you'd like or didn't like? With restructuring of deals? Well, they went through, they restructured uh, Bakhtiari. They had a cap savings there. Obviously, we've talked at length about Christian Kirksey and Wagner. That that was another cap savings of, I think, about $8 million. Is Ricky but, Wagner on a team? Like, is anyone, I wonder, he's not on a team right now. And I know he was talking retirement, but I haven't seen, like, official retirement from him. Me neither. No idea. And then we talked about Funches uh, in a previous show. Uh, who opted out last year, but they obviously gave him a pay cut and he, he agreed in, uh, to that negotiated, renegotiated deal. I don't think he was going to make the team, honestly, at his cap number. But what are your thoughts on Devin Funches? For me, it's, I just sit on the fence a little bit. Uh, he, was a, he was a good player three years ago, but he's hardly played in the last couple of years. And I think that's the issue with it. But at the cap number that they're getting him at, one point, whatever it is now, that's certainly worth a go. And you know, and then if you get to August and he hasn't worked out, then fine, you can you can move move on from him. So, yeah, I've no problem with that with that at all. I think he needed to do that to stay in Green Bay. He knew it, and the Packers probably told him like, "Listen, dude, you are you know you didn't play last year, you didn't do, and we paid you, and we paid you, <laughs> and 
you are on a prove it contract. So do your thing, but we're gonna you're gonna do it at a much less of a contract. That's the job you want, isn't it? To get a one million pound bonus and then you can opt out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great gig, right? <laughs> you can get it. I love that idea. I would certainly do that. I would not be ashamed to take my one million. <laughs> now, whatever reason he did, and we were we're we already said it, like we're okay with where he went with that, but it did maybe damage his possibilities. Very big risk for him to do what he did. Absolutely. And and just as an aside, you know, there's going to be lots of guys coming up in the draft in a month's time in similar situations. Guys that opted out of 2020 and not so much the very top draftees but those middle guys that opted out of 2020 there's no doubt that that's going to be a problem for those guys just has to be you know Mm. when when you can compare somebody that hasn't played to somebody that has played and put some decent stuff on film it's going to be an issue yeah for sure you look at a lot of those college guys and you just wonder and now with no combine too that really hurts some of these young guys you know they're having their pro days and and whatnot if you're that second, third, fourth round guy or whatever, the, the lowest common denominator in the combine, you need that combine. You need as many eyes on you as you can possibly get so they can see what you can do. And at your pro day, you know, if you're at Clemson, there's a lot of guys there. There's a lot of pro guys there, but you're at Louisiana Tech. You know what I mean? There's not as many pro eyes looking on you. And I think that's going to hurt a lot of guys. This is two years in a row that guys are getting hurt by this whole COVID thing. I guess we'll have to talk about the draft in the next week or two. But it's really difficult because there are a lot of guys who say you need to watch the film. And I get that. Let's see what guys do in regular game situations. And then there's other guys who are enamored by the 42 reps on the bench press you know, or the four two six forty that this guy just ran, and that changes things. But now you don't have either one of those, really. You know, you have your pro day, which no one watches. You don't have any tape because your team might only played four games this year, or they didn't play at all, or you didn't play in some of the games. It's it's bizarre. I don't know how they're going to evaluate talent this year's draft. Is going to have a lot more crapshoots in it, I think, than most do. And I think it's because of those two things. Well, you talked about Adrian Amos. I know we're kind of uh, talking over like uh, his contract and stuff. It looks like they uh, they did the same thing with him with his uh, roster bonus converted it to a signing bonus. Saved about seven fifty there, and then of course. Uh, Preston Smith, which I was kind of surprised to see back in a Packers uniform, but, you know, after the kind of performance he had last year, but I guess they're making it, they're doing like an incentive laden pay cut. So basically it's, he can make back his 2021 salary. I guess it's like tied to the, the incentives are, are tied to sacks. Well, that's a good thing, right? Cause yeah, that's what we want him is. to do. They're, hopefully that Barry doesn't have him out on the island. We're cutting X amount from you, but you can make it back with, X amount of, you know, per sack or whatever it is. And I think Preston Smith, Peter, you can correct me when I'm wrong, not if. He is the same cap number now that he would have been if they would have cut him. Is that right? 250K difference, but as good as, good as. yeah, absolutely. So they've been able to take, if they'd cut him, they'd have saved eight, 8 million off the cap this year. And with the work that they've done that Todd just described, they've taken 7.75 million off the cap number this year yeah they've done a really good job in that the 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 only difficulty with it is 
it's pushed a bunch of cap hit into next year. So they're going to be dealing with the problem come come next year. And the incentives thing is interesting. So there's 4.4 million in, in incentives, which, as you said, they're all tied to the progressive number of sacks. So, so if he achieves those, he'll get that money this year. But because it's a what's called a not likely to be earned bonus, because he didn't hit those numbers last year, it will go into next year's cap number. Uh-huh. So it's potential to be another 4.4 million that ends up in the 2022 cap. Mm. So again, you know, they'll have to deal with that when they come to it. Looks like it's a one-year deal for Preston Smith, and then and then it's something that has to be revisited again this time next year. And you, I don't think you're going to be seeing uh, Barry dropping him back into coverage this year. So <laughs> I think he's that. he's probably got a lot more opportunities for those sacks. Let's hope so, because the Preston Smith of two years ago is a guy we want on this roster. The guy we had last year was just not the same. And he's been up and down throughout his career, right? So maybe next year is a great year. And to have three guys, Gary and both Smiths, at top form is, man, it's hard to throw the football against guys like that. Then the last one was uh, Billy Turner. Uh, I guess they converted uh, some of his base salary into a signing bonus as well. So looks like they saved about three and a half million there. And all of those things were essential. You know, the whole Adrian Amos thing didn't save him a ton of money, but with as close as the Packers were to the cap, they needed it. They needed that seven fifty from him and the whole three and a half million from Turner. I think, what are they, maybe within a million and a half? They're just over a million under the cap. Now, the only thing we don't know, is and I've raised this on on Twitter and I know that you guys talked about it last night was some um, whether or not Jones has actually signed his deal. Yeah, mm. I brought that um, up. I think it's a great point that you made. You know, and I don't think there's any doubt that he will. While he hasn't, you know, the Packers have got that extra nearly five million of cap space, which would enable them perhaps to sign a Kyle Fuller or 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 somebody. Mm. Still have to find it eventually, but right, who knows. Does the Darius Smith get restructured? He did. The Darius Smith did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I missed. Yeah, yeah they converted uh, his base salary. Does he get extended? Is what I meant, not restructured. Um, so they haven't extended him yet. Todd said they converted his his base salary and his roster bonus. It wouldn't surprise me in the next few weeks if they're not working on a deal with Zadarius Smith to extend him. I think they have to. Yeah. I would agree. Because his number balloons to a, just a crazy amount. His number balloons. And he's a guy that, you know, we would expect to want to have for another two or three years. You know, you think yep. that that guy's – he seems to be a guy that's going to play at the level that he's played at the last couple of years. You think he's going to play at that level for the next two, three, four years, hopefully. I mean, he had 12 and a half his first year. He had 12 and a half last year. And honestly, I didn't think he was as good this year as he was last year but still ended up with the same amount of sacks. So you get 12 and a half sacks out of a guy, you, yeah, you, you extend him. I think the thing that's still kind of hanging out there is, is Rodgers. There were some simple things that, could, that they could have done with his contract to make quite a lot of cap spice, and they've chosen not to up till this point. And I'm not sure whether that's – I don't want to use the word sending a message, but I'm not sure whether that's basically saying, look, we don't want to extend his contract, we don't want to mess with his contract because we're not sure – where we're going to be over the quarterback position a year from now, or whether that's just looking too much into that and, and it still may yet happen. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm with you on that. I think, I don't think it's a statement. 
I think it's we're going to wait and see what Jordan Love looks like, and then we'll make a decision from there. If they would have had to do something with Rodgers, then like you've talked about before, you then have to make a decision on Jordan Love, and you're making it off of no game experience, no preseason. There's nothing that you're making that decision on except for the passes he's thrown in shorts and a helmet. I'm glad they didn't have to do anything with Aaron Rodgers because it does give them that flexibility because then you also have, if you extend Rodgers or restructure Rodgers or do whatever with his contract, then you've got a Jordan love who already knows he's gone too. So then does he progress at all? And what, what happens to him? I'm glad they didn't have to do anything. If it's me, I think Richard Sherman is the answer between me winning a Super Bowl then maybe I do restructure Rodgers. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yep. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Who would have thought we'd be talking about this stuff? <laughs> right. And that would be interesting to me. Like, yeah, we were never numbers nerds. We've entered. Well, it's, 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 that, it's that strange time of the year, isn't it, where the season's finished. And I guess back in years past before free agency, there was none of this stuff. But I guess in the next month or so, it will be... It'll be the draft. There'll be a lot of draft talk. And then, yeah, we got to start doing our research. The draft haster from last year. That's what kicked off our entire podcast. Yes. And we've been offered, I'm sure Peter's been offered. They probably already talked to him before they talked to us, but they've said that we could come on the Acme Army and do a live show on the draft night. Ooh. <laughs> Man. I have not cut your quarters ready. Time. <laughs> But I will need at least a full roll of quarters for that night. I'm going to embarrass myself, probably. So it might be the draft taster part two, but it might be our last episode because no one will ever listen to it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You want to be grateful you're not over here because the draft doesn't start. So it starts at, what, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the first first day, which is one o'clock in the morning here. You know, when the Packers are picking in the twenties, it's like nearly five o'clock before that before they're even up to pick. You know, it's it's a it's well, a long think, it's yeah. a long night. Oh, gosh, if yeah, if you stay up for the whole thing, if it was yeah. me, I think yeah. I would probably get up around three thirty and then catch up on it all, see if I could get a little bit of sleep. But I don't know. Yeah. You know, if you do that, that they've yeah. orchestrated some massive trade. Yeah. You'll miss it. <laughs> you yeah, they've traded up to like number 10 and you were yeah. sleeping. <laughs> that wouldn't be great. Yeah, the best draft pick ever in Packer history and I was sleeping in bed. Yeah. Not likely, but right. I wouldn't want to miss it either. All right. So I guess that's it. Yeah. Yep. All right. So thanks for listening to episode 36. Thanks to Peter and Todd for joining us today. And take us out. Go Packo. Go back, go.